Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast presented by Reality Sports Online. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host, and I am joined today by one of my good friends, my best friends in the industry. That is Garrett Price. He can be found on Twitter at Dynasty Price. Garrett, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me in, man. I, uh, yeah, it's it's fun every time we get to do a show together. I know we've done a, a couple fantasy pros things, and uh, we've done some dynasty nerds things, and it's just fun every time we get to talk because uh, I always go back to when we first started and just some of the random prospects we would talk about and random yep. players and stuff. And and at that time when you first started, I think you were you were still over uh, uh, with uh, the footballers, and uh, mm-hmm. it was just crazy. We both had just these little tiny accounts, and uh, we were just talking because we love football, man. Yeah, and that's going to continue here today, right? Just yep. because, uh, you know, you're doing some awesome things over there at the Dynasty Nerd, you know, and we've got the Dynasty podcast here now that we're just going to keep talking football, man. That's yes. what we're going to do here. So really, really excited to get into it. Let's break this down right away, man. Let's go right into it with the Julio Jones trade, right? This yeah. is all anyone is talking about in fantasy football. And of course, we got to break it down here for the people from a Dynasty perspective. So Let's talk about this here, and I just want to throw this to you and just get your general thoughts here. Let's go with Julio Jones and his dynasty stock, and then what the fallout is here for Tennessee. Let's talk about the Titans' perspective, and then we'll flip over to Atlanta. So Julio Jones here, what does this do for you from a dynasty startup perspective with Julio? What's kind of your outlook here? And then talk about the Titans. So Julio's been an interesting piece of the dynasty landscape for a while. Traditionally, we see... Receivers, once they get close to that like 30 mark, right around 30, is where we become much less interested in them overall. Right. Obviously, they right. still have value. They're still good players. But most of the receivers we see start to really take a downturn there. 
Well, Julio, when healthy, has still put up very, very good numbers past that point. And so, you know, people that were trying to be savvy and trade him early kind of kicking themselves because he's been somewhat of the outlier compared to a lot of these other receivers. All of that being said, he is still a very risky piece to invest in. He's he's not getting any younger. And anytime a, a wide receiver changes to a new team, there's always a lot of a, there's a learning curve. And it's not like he comes in instantly and becomes this alpha number one because we have A.J. Brown there as well. And, and, and yep. he has a great mm-hmm. rapport with with Ryan Tannehill. So I still think he is a valuable piece, but I think the days of considering him uh, as a true wide receiver one in fantasy are long gone. But if you can look at him as your wide receiver three and say, look, when he's healthy, he can put up some monster games. But I just know that it might not be as consistent as it was before. This offense might not be you know, throwing the ball as much as he was used to in Atlanta. So there's just a there's a lot of what ifs and, and maybes. And I don't want to say red flags because he's still Julio Jones. But there's a lot of things to give me enough pause to say, yeah, I don't think he's a lead anymore, but I still think he can help your your dynasty fantasy football team. Yeah, I mean, where he's going right now in startup drafts particularly, you know, if you're going into this and you're drafting Julio in a startup draft, you're getting him in the fifth or sixth round. You're getting him as that wide receiver two, wide receiver three for your roster. And now it doesn't necessarily line up for teams that are going into it saying that I'm going to be a long-term, you know, build this out with some rookies and some, you know, second-year players. Like, I think he does fit a very specific type of roster, which is like you're playing to win now. Exactly. But I do think that he's going to carry some value here for the next year or two. So what does this do for Ryan Tannehill? Let's talk about Tannehill really quick and how to value him now in Superflex leagues, because I don't know about you. Tannehill moved up in my rankings. I mean, how can he not? You know, when you have someone like AJ Brown, Derrick Henry to take that pressure off. And then also what Tannehill brings to the table as a mobile quarterback, like he can rack up some rushing touchdowns here. So now adding Julio to this mix, what does this do for Tannehill and how are you viewing him, particularly in Superflex leagues? Yeah, I'm absolutely interested in Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's gone back to back seasons being a top 10 quarterback. I believe he was either eight both seasons or seven and eight. Like he's been a legitimately good quarterback in Superflex leagues. And I get it that he doesn't have the sexy name of Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert, uh, but he's still 33 years old. Uh, he still has plenty of good seasons left, and and he was doing that with with AJ Brown as you know a rookie and a sophomore, and Corey Davis, who even though we do believe he has some talent, has been nothing short of a roller coaster over the course of his career. So now you give him two, as far as NFL teams are concerned, two legitimate wide receiver ones, and we got a new offense in there as well now, which looks like it could lend itself maybe to a little bit more passing than we've seen in the past. I don't know how he doesn't easily repeat as a top 10 and and once again, a top eight type of quarterback. So I don't see many people ranking him in that range, but I think he's legitimately a type of quarterback that could continue to get you those numbers. And there's an outside shot that he sneaks into the top six. Yeah. I mean, last year, QB seven in all 16 games that he played 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, seven rushing touchdowns. That's what I was talking about. Like I, when I sat down and did my projections, I was like, man, I do not remember Ryan Tannehill having seven rushing touchdowns last year, but he brings that to the table too. Still only 32 years old. So if you're playing in that two to three year window that we talk about with dynasty Tannehill is absolutely in consideration for that low end QB one status. Like, would you be comfortable with Tannehill as your QB one in a super flex league? I would, you know, dynasty is a different, it's a different beast than redraft. 
redraft, you feel great about it. Uh, but in, in dynasty leagues, even though he's not, you know, I mentioned it before these, you know, 23, 24, 25 year old studs that we have at the top of our rankings four years, five years in a dynasty league is an eternity. I mean, right. Think about how much your team has changed and transformed over four or five seasons. So, you know, even if I'm only getting him till age 37, which, you know, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go past that mark recently, but mm-hmm. let's just say we're getting him till 37 and we're getting a, a roughly a fringe quarterback one over the majority of that time. I feel great about him as my quarterback one. Absolutely. I mean, so let, let's talk about our talk about AJ Brown super quick for me. He did not move whatsoever in my dynasty rankings. I've still got him as a top five receiver. I sure. think that he takes a little bit of a hit this year. Uh, with overall production, you know, like we're not going to see the 150 plus targets that you yes, know, we had exactly. kind of just penciled him in for, but he's still going to be incredibly productive. Still really like him long-term. Any disagreement there with AJ Brown? No, not at all. I'm, I'm exactly on board with you. His ceiling is slightly capped this season alone, but we mentioned it before. Julio Jones is not going to be playing for another five seasons. Uh, right. So it, it, we're looking at the long-term prognosis of this player. AJ Brown is still an absolute stud. All right, and then let's go over to the Falcons here. The really two players that I think are worth talking about are Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So okay. let's talk about Ridley here. Well, we can include Matt Ryan in the conversation too. So stock let's down talk about Matt Calvin Ryan. Ridley. There we go. Spoiler alert. Yeah, stock. Yeah, <laughs> stock down for Matt Ryan. I'm I'm out, man. Like I just without Julio on the field, yeah. we'll just get Matt Ryan knocked out here. I, I don't want any piece of him. You know, I, maybe as a QB, low end QB two on my dynasty roster, but he's also nearing the end of his career. I'm just really not interested in having him on my roster. And Arthur Smith as well. I mean, that's going to, you know, traditionally he's he's looking at more run heavy offense. So will they still throw the ball quite a bit? Maybe. I don't know. It's tough to say what a new coach is going to do in a new system and new players, but uh, the history tells us that they run the ball a lot. Yep. So let's go with Calvin Ridley here and Kyle Pitts. Give me your thoughts on the fallout here from Julio moving on with Calvin Ridley and Pitts. Calvin Ridley, so he's always been an interesting one for me. I've always viewed him as a good receiver, not a great receiver. But to be honest, he's put up fantastic numbers over the past couple of seasons. And even though I'm not in love with him overall as a a player, I don't see him in the same light as some of these alpha wide receiver ones. That doesn't matter when it comes to fantasy football. Like it's it's points. That's all that matters. Right, so it right. doesn't matter if they're six foot three and run a you know a, a four three forty or if they're five seven and they're Rondell Moore. You know, like it doesn't matter <laughs> how it all comes together as long as the points are there at the end. And I just don't see a realm where Calvin Ridley doesn't end up in a similar form where he did last year, where uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly where he finished. I believe he was what wide receiver five wide receiver six around that range. I'll look it up. Yeah, he, he was. I mean, he was a top end wide receiver last year. Yes, there will be some time where the coverages are looking a little different, shifted his way. Uh, but for the most part, without Julio, he performed really well with that one exception of going against Alexander uh, in, in Green Bay there. He had a great season, even when Julio Jones wasn't there. So I still expect him to be uh, a top end wide receiver one for fantasy football purposes. Yeah, Ridley was wide receiver four last year. Okay, So yep. just incredible production. And then Kyle Pitts here. Let's talk about him really quick. And then we've got to talk about some offseason trade targets. But Kyle Pitts here. I mean, I, Garrett, I, can't, I can't keep him out of my top five for oh, this season. Yeah. You know, like it's how and I'll just ask it this way. How long before we view Kyle Pitts as the tight end one in dynasty. It's probably not that far away. And this is once again, coming from a guy that's been trying really hard 
to temper expectations. Yep, same here. I, we've, we don't see this. Like, this does not happen traditionally for rookie tight ends to be able to put up monster numbers. The only one in recent memory was Evan Ingram. And he even, like, really faded off after that fantastic yep. rookie season. So this is just not something that is normal. But Kyle Pitts isn't normal. The way Kyle Pitts plays the game is not normal. His physique, his abilities are not normal. Now you put him in a situation where the longtime alpha wide receiver one on the team was is gone, and he fits that same type of mold, even though he's playing a different position at tight end. So in Dynasty, we are we're kind of at an interesting spot now because Travis Kelsey has been you you can make an argument for him being the tight end goat as far as fantasy football uh, purposes are concerned. Five straight mm-hmm. seasons as the number one overall tight That's end. Ridiculous! It's Five. ridiculous. Like how how does that happen? If that were happening at any other position, people would be losing their minds. But I think it's because it's right. tight end. People just kind of forget about it. I I don't know. But all of that being said, he is at the point in his career too where we have to wonder when you know he's going to start trailing off. George Kittle's been, you know, up and down because of injuries. Darren Waller's been solid. But we don't really have that truly, like, established, no doubt, dynasty tight end one at this point. And so is there a world where at some point this year he's just performing so well and the future looks so bright that we kind of have to move him up to our top tight end? During his rookie campaign, there's a world where that's real. Yep, uh, no doubt. I mean, the only other guy that I'll mention here really quick is Hayden Hurst. I was on another podcast here recently and I was talking about, uh, well, just before this one. And it was saying that with Hayden Hurst, I don't think that he is completely dead from a dynasty perspective, right? We we completely wrote him off once Kyle Pitts was drafted at number four overall. But now with Arthur Smith coming in with two tight end sets, I do think that we're going to see a lot of Kyle Pitts flexed out wide. And that leads to Hayden Hurst still being attached to the line of scrimmage, still being on the field quite a bit. I don't know if that's going to lead to a ton of consistent fantasy production, but someone else in this offense has to step up outside of Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So just keep an eye on Hayden Hurst there uh, as someone that you could target in a offseason trade if you wanted to. Speaking of offseason trades, man, let's get into this. We've got some really, really interesting names here that we wanted to get ahead of and just say like if you are just if you're wanting to build out your roster and try to make some of these smart moves right now, we've got a few names that we wanted to throw your way. But before we do, I want to mention that we do have the Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey giveaway going on right now, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. All you have to do to enter this is head over to Apple Podcasts or CastBox, leave a review for the podcast, and then go to fantasypros.com slash dynastycontest. Fill out the short form there, attach a screenshot of that review, and you are automatically entered to win, again, a Jonathan Taylor signed Colts jersey, courtesy of our friends at Pristine Auction. So make sure if you have not done that, make sure to enter in and have a chance to win that awesome jersey. Okay, Garrett, let's get into off-season trade targets here. I'm going to throw it to you. You're the guest. You get the first opportunity here. Who is a player that you are targeting in every dynasty league that you're in, if you do not already have this player? Yeah, I I do have quite a few shares of of this player that I want to talk about here. And what are when you when you brought up this topic, I'm trying to look for names that are potentially not obvious to the average fan because if everyone's saying to buy a certain player, they're probably not a buy anymore. You know, you, right. they're they're at the point where everyone sees it, so it might actually be flipped on its head and you might actually get more for that player than they're actually worth. And so I I tried to look for some names that I thought might not be as obvious and why I like this player. So the first one I'm going to go with, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, that that signed uh, signed Jersey there. We're going to stick with his new teammate, 
Carson Wentz. Now, I know for Carson Wentz uh, managers last year, it, it seemed really tough. It seemed really difficult. But here we have a 28-year-old quarterback who last year, subtracting the game where he was pulled for Jalen Hurts, the games where he was the starter and the, and the guy that finished the game, on a points-per-game basis, he was actually quarterback 12 on the season. He was a QB one last year for how bad everything looked and seemed and how terrible this offense was. He was actually still a QB one in games that he started and finished. He's now moving to a situation where he's upgrading offensive line. Philly's line, uh, according to PFF last year was ranked 19th, which was actually better than I thought it was. Right. Yeah. But he's moving to Indy where there, this was their worst season in a while and they were ranked seventh on the offensive line. So big upgrade on the offensive line. He's getting some good new weapons, which a lot of them were hurt in the past couple seasons for Philly. He's getting some nice new weapons there in Indy. But I think the biggest thing overall is he's reunited with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in Philadelphia, who actually had him as quarterback five in fantasy football in his sophomore campaign. So all of these things being said, Carson Wentz is actually coming off the board right now in dynasty. This isn't redraft. In Dynasty, as a 28-year-old quarterback, Sleeper's ADP has him as the 20th quarterback off the board at this That's point. That's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. They just traded quite a bit to get this guy on their team. I think he's going to be a very solid player, and I still think that there's a world where he could get back up to being a legitimate mid-range QB1 again. I mean, there absolutely is the path for it. It is not a guarantee, which is no. why his value is so low. And and people who did roster Carson Wentz last year, I was one of them in the Dynasty League. I've got him in a couple of leagues here or there. And it's like, they were, the lows were really low. They you were. know, you, the perception around him was just not great at all. So you, the value points, and I'm glad that you brought up like the games that he finished and this was his value as QB 12 on points per game. Like all of that can go together to say that the the path for him to get back to being a very, very relevant fantasy quarterback is there. The value is a little bit low, which makes him a perfect buy candidate right now, especially in super flex leagues. If you can turn, you know, and get him as your QB two QB three in a super flex league. I think that that's a really, really smart move. I'm going to go with a player here, a running back who once cam Akers broke out last year and got those like 30 carries per game, you know, uh, rush attempts there and stuff like that the perception on Daryl Henderson just completely fell off a cliff, you know, and it's not that Henderson doesn't have the talent and that he doesn't have the, um, the potential to be great for fantasy purposes. It was that Sean McVay just turned to cam Akers and just gave him the complete workload. And Henderson was not on the field at all. Now this season, you have a depth chart here with cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. You've got Xavier Jones, Jake Funk, a rookie. You've got Raymond Calais there. So it is really a two-man backfield right now with Akers and Henderson. Something else to consider here is that this is now a 17-game season. So the I'll just put it this way. Akers is not getting 30 carries per game for all 17 games. Okay, It's just not happening. You are not going to wear down your running back that way. And so Henderson is going to be involved this season no matter what. He's going to be involved in this offense. Now, do I think that it is something that translates to like flex value every single week? No, I don't. But the unspeakable upside that he comes with, if something were to happen to Cam Akers, and we already saw Akers deal with injury last year, Henderson could be a league winner. So people are not thinking about Henderson really You know, they're thinking that he's just a RB5 for your roster right now. I want him on my dynasty rosters because of the upside that he carries. And I think you can get him super, super cheap right now. Do you have any thoughts here on Henderson and this call? 
No, I'm absolutely, I'm there with you. We saw Henderson actually get a lion's share of the workload early on in the season when Cam Akers was banged up and, you know, right. he had, he had that rib injury and all that and performed really well. He had a couple of weeks where he was the waiver wire gem in redraft leagues. Everybody was, was going after him. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm aboard. I'm all aboard with that. I think Henderson's a good player and I, I do think we've written him off completely way too quickly. Before we keep moving with today's episode, I want to take a second to tell you all about reality sports online. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Have you tried it, though? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Everything from free agency to multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tag, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more can be found at Reality Sports Online. Do you think it sounds complicated, though? It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, it's time to put it to the test with Reality Sports Online. You're still not sure, though? You can test out your general manager's skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. All right, so let's go with your number two offseason trade target here. Who you got? All right, so this is another player that got a little banged up. The perception around him was real negative. Right now, currently going uh, sleepers ADP for Dynasty. He, we're looking at running back 16. And the running back that I'm going to go with here is Joe Mixon. Yes. I. It's, it's fascinating to me how much people have been hating on Joe Mixon. Uh, over the past two full seasons that he played, he was RB11 and RB13. And those were in uh, Marvin Lewis's offense. This was not yep. in this newly revamped high octane offense that Zach Taylor is attempting to build. This was in an old, boring pedestrian offense led by Andy Dalton. You know, like it's he, yep. he was RB 11 and 13. And his biggest issue his entire career for fantasy football purposes was Gio Bernard. Gio Bernard right. would come in on passing downs. And even though Joe Mixon was a fantastic receiving back, would only average two, three targets a game because Gio Bernard was coming in for a lot of those passing downs. Gio Bernard's gone now. And they've done quite a bit to add to this offensive line. Jonah Williams is in his second full season now. He was injured in his rookie campaign. Actually performed very well uh, in, in his sophomore campaign or his first real season. And they also added Riley Reef, who's been a very solid right tackle for the Minnesota Vikings for a while. And drafted in the second, second round, Jackson Carmen to play guard. So this offensive line is not the same offensive line that we saw at the beginning of the year last year that got Joe Burrow injured. This is a much improved offensive line, and I think that's going to to really help Joe Mixon. On top of that, he's only 25 years old. It's not right. like he's 26, 27, 28 like some of these other big-time running backs. He's still only 25 years old and will be for the entirety of the season. Last but not least... We heard the running backs co coach come out and say that they do not want Joe Mixon to leave the field. Yep. If there's any shred of truth to that, we're talking about a 350 touch type of player that is now going to also be used in the passing game on a very high octane, exciting offense at running back 16. I just think that's great, great value that you can really capitalize on because this guy could be 
one of those top six, seven, eight running backs this season very easily on volume alone. Oh, man. Okay, so I have spent the entire offseason saying, like, why are we discounting Joe Mixon? Like, the workload that he is going to get when he is on the field is ridiculous. And I've said this, Gary, I've said that as if he were shut down last year when the injury occurred, mm-hmm. they had just said right away, all right, we're putting him on IR. That would be a completely different perception in our minds sure. on how we view Joe Mixon. But because he was, oh, he's going to be back this week. Oh, wait, no, he's going to be back this week. No, no, he'll for sure be back this week. And it just kept, pro, you yep. know, just going on and on. And people were waiting to be able to plug Joe Mixon in. The workload that he gets when he's on the field, it was like 24 carries and eight targets. You know, like it's just it absurd. And then all everything that you mentioned, not only Jamar Chase coming into this offense, which is going to command attention and open things up even more for Mixon. So, yeah. RB 16, I am drafting him everywhere. I would be going after him to in trades, except I have him every single <laughs> league that I'm in. So it's like, I can't go trade for Joe Mixon because I've already got him on my roster. Completely agree with this call, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, the player I'll mention here is Henry Ruggs. Now, the way that we really need to think about fantasy football is, is the way that coaches do. And coaches think about players in specific roles for their offense. And last year with Tyrell Williams, With him, he was either injured or COVID opt-out. I can't remember off the top of my head, but Tyrell Williams was going to be this field-stretching option for this offense, right? And they drafted Henry Ruggs to fill the the role that he was so good at at Alabama in college, which is working underneath and then creating with his speed after the catch. With Tyrell Williams not being there, they had to plug Henry Ruggs in to fill this role as that field stretching option and his a dot his average up the target was just ridiculous his yards after the catch numbers were low because he was targeted so de- he was being underutilized or misutilized if that's even a word <laughs> so henry ruggs now with john brown coming into this offense john brown that is the role that he fills john brown is that field stretching option he's going to operate and open things up deep downfield to open things up underneath for guys like henry ruggs out of the slot and then brian edwards as that possession style receiver so people wrote off henry ruggs way too quickly and i think that you can get him right now dirt dirt cheap in dynasty league so i'm going after and trying to acquire henry ruggs now before we start to see some of these flash plays in the preseason and i'm hoping I'm hoping that they start to utilize him the right way, which is, again, out of the slot, being able to work underneath and then take some pressure off of Derek Carr, which I do think that they're going to have to throw the ball even more than they have in previous years because of the offensive line being turned over, because of Josh Jacobs and Kenny Drake, you know, everything. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit more than they would like, and I think Henry Ruggs benefits. So Ruggs here as my second offseason trade target. I'm trying to get him now before the price increases. Yeah, I I totally understand that. I've never been the biggest Henry Ruggs supporter, uh, not because I don't think he's a a bad player or anything like that. Uh, I I just always wondered, you know, how how consistent would he be able to be? But for him and, and even Brian Edwards, another guy that I really like as well, I think what really speaks strongly to them is that this team invested nothing into the wide receiver right. core in this right. offseason. So even if you're not the staunchest supporter of rugs, like I, I haven't necessarily been, even I would have to admit there is an absolute path for fantasy greatness just on the fact alone that this team still believes in those two guys enough, despite both having disappointing rookie campaigns, that they can be difference makers for this team just by the fact that they haven't invested in the position at all this offseason. So I'm on board with it too. All right, so let's go with your third offseason trade target here, Garrett. Who do we got? All right, last but not least, I could have I could have done this one 
in 2018. I could have done this one in 2019. Could have done this one in 20. Like I could do this player every season. And for whatever reason, he'll still be undervalued every single season. And that is one Mr. Robert Woods uh, from the LA Rams. Now I didn't want to do this guy because of that reason, but I went back in and I looked once again at, at his, his numbers. And once again, way undervalued sleepers, ADP for dynasty 33 at the wide receiver position. Crazy. We're talking about a receiver that finished with the 14th best season, 14th best season and the 11th best season over the past three years. But we've seen, we've seen a continued uh, series of success year after year after year. And even if everything stayed exactly the same, he would still be a great value. However, we have some, we have a big change that's happened in this offense. Jared Goff has been replaced by Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff did not want to push the ball downfield. In fact, both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, their two top receivers, both finished in the bottom 10 of ADOT last year uh, with re- uh, from receivers that had at least 30 receptions. So receivers that had at least 30 receptions, both of those guys were in the top 10. Now, part of that main reason, I think, is the air yards. Jared Goff had was 21st in the NFL for air yards last year with 3,406, 21st. Matthew Stafford, who, by the way, had nothing at receiver last year, especially once Kenny Galladay went out, Mm -hmm. nothing at receiver, finished seventh in the NFL at 4,609. That's a 1,200-yard air yard difference. So that means Matthew Stafford's looking to push the ball downfield. We heard over and over and over the, that Jared Goff just wasn't getting it done in McVay's offense. McVay had other things he wanted to do, but was just handcuffed because of the limitations from Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford does not have those limitations. We could easily see him repeating the same performance as a low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two that he's done the past three years. And there's even a world where he does better than that. I'm yep. all aboard the Robert Woods train once again, just because he's so undervalued. I love this call, man. I, I This is another player that I already have a ton of shares just to begin with. And I've been this offseason trying to go get Robert Woods before we see this offense and what it looks like with Matthew Stafford. Because I do think that, and you did a phenomenal job of laying that out. I mean, dot last year, Cooper Cup, 6.3. Robert Woods, 6.8. You know, and... Matthew Stafford's a dot overall a dot last year was 9.4. So it's like something is going to have to give here and it's not, you know, Cooper cup and, and uh, Robert Woods staying at that 6.8 a dot. Like they're going to be pushing the ball deep downfield. They're going to be moving. And I mean, I talked about this on a recent podcast saying like what happens if we start to see Matthew Stafford this offense bounce to like Matthew Stafford's average touchdown numbers, which are like, yeah. 26. He had 26 passing touchdowns last year. What happens if that goes to 29, 30, 31, 32? Suddenly we're talking about a massive increase here for Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who I think are both values right now in Dynasty. So people, Robert Woods isn't necessarily the most flashy player. And I think that might be why his ADP is so low, but I am taking him everywhere that I can get him. Love the call there. The player that I'll just throw out here really quickly, and then we'll wrap things up is Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. Now, Zeke, the perception on him right now is that he is starting to near like the end of his career. He's lost a step. And granted, he did not play well last year once Dak Prescott went out of the lineup. Like the energy just wasn't there. The production, we know that he had some of these games that were just absolutely terrible. They burned us for fantasy. But his production when D- Dak was on the field 
and healthy in this offense had to throw the ball a ton and was very, very high powered. Zeke was phenomenal. He was the RB3 through the first five weeks of the season off the top of my head. So Zeke was a fantastic dynasty asset, even though he is now 26, 27 years old, like he's starting to near the end, but you still got two to three years of really, really solid production out of him. And the overall perception on him is a little bit low here because of what he did last year. So you can, you're going to still have to pay. It's not like this is a buy low, like really, really buy cheap candidate. Like you're still going to have to pay for Zeke Elliott. But I do think that his value is low enough right now that it's going to return value here pretty quickly, especially once we see Dak back on the field. So Zeke Elliott here uh, rounds out my top three offseason trade targets. Again, that was Daryl Henderson, Henry Ruggs, and Ezekiel Elliott. And then, uh, Price, you had Joe Mixon, you had Robert Woods, and then your first guy was, off the Carson top of my head, Wentz. I cannot remember. Carson Wentz, yep. that's right. So giving you guys there a super flex value there with Carson Wentz. Uh, and then of course a couple of running backs here and a wide receiver, really, really beneficial price. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah. I really, really appreciate having you. Oh, absolutely, man. Anytime I can come hang out with you and talk, talk dynasty, uh, that, that it's my happy place. I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> absolutely. And a thank you so much to reality sports online for sponsoring today's podcast. Make sure to head over to reality sports online to figure out everything that they've got going on price. Where can people find you on Twitter? If they are not already following you, which is a massive mistake. And then tell us what you've got going on there at the dynasty nerds. Yeah. Yeah. You can find me uh, on Twitter, Twitter at dynasty price. And yeah, all the stuff that we have going on at dynasty nerds, we have bunch of stuff with our GM tool, which it does a great job of kind of analyzing your team from a dynasty perspective, where you're strong, uh, where you're weak, but also where the rest of the teams in your league are at. Uh, the league analyzer, analyzer really shows quickly like, oh, this team's terrible at running back and I'm strong at running back. I bet there's a deal we can make there. And, and so it's a really, really valuable tool. Uh, we have a mock draft tool launching. We have the film room where you can get in and watch all of these players, uh, specifically the rookies. Uh, that's that's what we kind of focus on a lot at Dynasty Nerds is the the rookie class coming in, and so we have a bunch of their tape from college that you can come and watch. Uh, the the nerd scores, which is like film grades. There's all kinds of good stuff going on there. So and you can try it out for free uh, for three days at DynastyNerds.com. Awesome man, thank you so much for carving out some time. Really really appreciate it. All right, that'll do it for today. For Garrett Price, I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... 
Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.